Hey everyone, it's the Monday after round two of the NCAA March Madness Tournament. I'm going to give the recap for the weekend, Saturday and Sunday, and then we'll get into the Sweet 16 picks and a little update on potential champions for the tournament this year. If you've been following, you know that I was pretty hot in the first two days, had 67% and 80% on Friday, and this weekend not so much. It was a rough re- weekend for my bracket, unfortunately, but I little, I, I kind of jinxed myself because I felt pretty good after the 80%, and we're just below 500 on Saturday and Sunday combined. So let's get right into it with the hand-up takes. Starting off with the elephant in the room, Tennessee. That's who I had to win the whole thing. Not afraid to talk about it. Full honesty, I really thought Tennessee had the chance to, to win it all. I think they had a chance to win this game as well against Michigan. Michigan felt pretty good having their guard Jones back, who was out with a concussion and was cleared for this game. I think that their guard play showed uh, a little bit better than that, and you can see that with the higher field goal percentage. And Tennessee kind of just laid the egg. They were winning for most of this game. They were up 59-54, to and they end up losing this game in the last few minutes. I thought that they were different than the rest of the SEC, but if you look at all the SEC contenders... We can see that this is a conference problem. I mean, Kentucky out in the first round, LSU out in the first round, Alabama out in the first round, and Auburn out against Miami. So clearly the SEC just was not what it was hyped up to be. I was very, very, very low on those other teams. I didn't think Auburn was real. I didn't think that Kentucky was good. but And I didn't think Alabama was good. I thought LSU would beat Iowa State, but that's besides the point. Tennessee, I thought, was different. And they showed that they were good the weakest part of their game was their three-pointers, where they were 11%. If they hit 25%, 30% from the three-point line, they win this game. So you can just call it a bad day, but it doesn't mean that Tennessee wasn't a legit contender when they shoot 11% from the three-point line, when they've been consistently shooting above 30% for the entire season. It's very unfortunate. I mean, they were good on the defensive end of the ball. They had 40 points in the paint. So, you know, they adjusted real fast. The second their threes weren't hitting, they were starting to go further into the paint, and then they were doing well there. They had 20 points off turnovers, and they were better on blocks, steals, assists, and rebounds. So, really, at the end of the day, it's just the fact that they were behind from these three-pointers and then tried to go back to those three-pointers in the last couple minutes, which hurt them. Unfortunate, Hunter Dickinson had a great game. Someone at their worst versus someone at their best. Michigan played uh, better than what they've usually performed at. So unfortunate for Tennessee. I don't think I was totally wrong about them as a team, but obviously the result does not show that. So hand up. Tennessee should have been a final contender. Uh, Should have won this game, but they did not. So I was wrong. The next one, Houston. This This is a team that I'm just wrong about. Houston is legit. I did not give Houston the credit they deserved. I thought that the AAC was was good, but not not great. I thought that they were physical, but I didn't think that they could shoot. And Houston proved me wrong. They showed me that physical can win. At the same time, Illinois is just bad. Illinois has not been good. They, they shoot 24% from the three-point line, 6 of 25. Kofi Coburn does a terrible job in the paint, which confuses me when he's getting you know, out-rebounded by smaller people. On the offensive rebound end, where, you know, Kofi Coburn is supposed to be the guy, right, the top 10 draft pick, 
They get out-rebounded offensively, 15-6. to How do you get six offensive rebounds? This just shows the physicality of Houston and that Illinois just doesn't have its pieces together. I was afraid of this when, when I saw the line. I liked Houston when they were favored four and a half, but obviously I had Illinois in my bracket and I wasn't going to go against my bracket. So I picked Illinois plus five, four and a half. I was wrong. I should have Houston in a higher, higher ranking. Now that I've seen their for real, I'm looking very forward to this next game that they have, which we'll talk about later. Next game is St. Peter's and Murray State. Not an amazing game to watch. I disrespected St. Peter's. I didn't think that they were going to have a shot in this game. Clearly, they have brought a lot of heart and can beat these like semi-mediocre teams. I didn't think Murray State was all that good. I think that St. Peter's still is not all that good. I mean, they shoot 23% from the three-point line. Uh, really, where they win this game is in the paint. A lot of rebounds, offensively and defensively. They score 32 points in the paint. They have a lot of points off turnovers, which were just unfortunate turnovers Murray State could have avoided. That kept them in the game. It wasn't anything special that St. Peter's did. They didn't have an amazing three-point game. They didn't have, you know, just open lanes to shoot with. No, it was Murray State not being that great of a team, losing it defensively, being out-hustled, and not controlling the paint. So St. Peter's, congrats to them. Again, should not have disrespected them. And I was wrong on them. That said, they're losing by double digits next time against Purdue. It's not close. Now that there's a team that they'll have paint control against, we'll talk about the game later, but Purdue destroys them in the next round probably. But no disrespect. Next one, Villanova beating Ohio State. I had Villanova initially. I didn't think Ohio State was good at all. And I thought Villanova had at least decent defense. I switched that pick last second to Ohio State because I had been respect- disrespecting Ohio State from the start. And I should have stuck with my initial initial guess. I, I think Villanova has proven me wrong. I didn't think that they would get too far. I had them winning this game. And I had them getting to the Sweet 16. I just... Something seems weird about this Villanova team. I definitely don't think they're as strong as people are saying they are. They're not a sleeper pick for the championship. I don't think they make the Final Four. But Villanova definitely outplays Ohio State in this game. Um, Ohio State still just struggling at the three-point line, really not finding themselves. They Now, Ohio State out-rebounded them, was was decent in, in their second-chance points. They just couldn't stop themselves from getting turnovers. They didn't have a lot of paint control when it comes to the defensive end. It just, it was, you know, a, it was a typical game where OSU just kind of lays it down and, and doesn't really shoot that well and, and ends up losing because of it. If OSU shoots well, they probably beat Villanova here, but they, they just were tired. You could tell Ohio State was just tired. So uh, I was wrong about Villanova. I should have given them uh, more respect in that regard. And then the last team, the team that is the most disrespected team in the country, the team that has proven themselves time and time again, has overcome all the odds, Providence. I was wrong about them. They destroyed Richmond. This game wasn't even close from the start. Providence shoots 54% from the three-point line. Huge. Versus Richmond, which goes one of 22 from the three-point line, shoots 4%. And that's just, that's a matter of skill. Providence has more skilled players than Richmond, and they did not go with the game plan I thought that they would go with, which would be 
throwing it up in the paint, having the paint control. Richmond ends up scoring 32 points in the paint, but that's after 22 attempts at the three-point line where they just can't shoot. So I think Richmond could have made this a closer game. They don't because they don't adjust fast enough, and Providence just takes over. I don't think this is necessarily a, a Providence's you know way better than people are expecting kind of you know analysis, but I think that they are at least fairly good. 35 rebounds on the defensive end as compared to Richmond's 24. But offensive rebound-wise, both these teams just stank. So Providence is just the overall better team. They've been disrespected by the sports books. You know, they were favorited by two against South Dakota State, killed that spread, favored by two and a half against Richmond, beat it by like 18 points. So I was wrong about Providence. I and I love Providence. I've never I've never not said that I've never said Ed Cooley was a bad coach. I never said that Ben Watson wasn't a great player. I love their team. I'm rooting for them. I'd love nothing more for them to be the champions. I've said that from the start. I just didn't think they were all that good. And here they they prove dominance. Absolute dominance. So congrats to Providence. They've got a tough game ahead of them. Next next is the B button takes. So those are all my hand up takes. Like I said, not the greatest of weekends, so you know, five big hand up takes. Now on to the B button takes, starting off with UNC and Baylor. This is a very interesting game. You know, I said that UNC, when they're at their best, they have one of the highest highest ceilings. I mean, they have now scored 95 points and 93 points in consecutive back-to-back games. That is insane. Great scoring. Now, granted, this game goes to overtime, so that fudges the number a little bit, but they basically score 80 in in regulation. So I, I think that North Carolina has found something offensively they didn't have before, which was consistency. They have great shooters. RJ Davis just goes off at the beginning of this game and looks really good from the three-point line. Caleb Love has a not great offensive game, but at least can drive to the lane and makes all of his free throws. He just was not an offensive threat. So when he gets fouled out here, I don't think that makes too big of a difference. The game changer here, UNC is up by 25 points against this Baylor team. 25 points. Brady Manick gets a quote-unquote flagrant two foul. This is the most bullshit call I've ever seen in my entire life. The refs clearly had something going on to where there was a Baylor bias because this was the worst called, worst ref game I've ever seen in my entire career other than maybe the Duke-UCF game from when Zion Williamson should have lost to Taco Fall. Other than that, this was one of the worst ref games I've ever seen. But UNC comes out on top in the end, just played harder. 44% 44% from the three-point line. Dontrell Styles with a huge three-point to start off overtime. Um, it was an impressive comeback by Baylor. I will give them that. But I wasn't necessarily wrong about Baylor. I did have Baylor winning this game. I was not. I, I just did not expect them to fizzle out this early. I did say that the injuries would come up to them, the uh, lack of having a full squad. But I thought that UNC's inconsistencies would, would take the best of them. But I couldn't be happier. If I, I don't care that I went under 500 on these picks, UNC being in the Sweet 16 and beating Baylor is enough for me to be a happy man. So I'm glad that this ended the way it did. And I was right about Baylor. They weren't legit. They weren't going to get close to this to the to the Final Four because they just didn't have the pieces together. So that's my first B button take. The next one is Kansas. Now, Kansas is one of the very few championship contenders that I picked and has the possibility of winning it all. This game 
was a lot closer than it, it should have been. Kansas did not necessarily give their best effort here. Creighton keeps it fairly close. Got to give them credit where the credit's due. Shoots 43% from the three-point line, which really isn't supposed to be their strong suit. I, I don't look at Creighton as some big three-point shooting team, but Kansas is able to control the ball, at least defensively, hits 95% of their free throws, 19 out of 20. Very impressive. And that helps them win the game, honestly. I mean, offensive rebound-wise, they control the boards and 46 out of, you know, 46 versus 28 in defensive rebounds. So, I mean, KU just played more physical in the end, had a lot of points in the paint, and Creighton couldn't handle that. However, they were not doing good perimeter defense, which is going to give them trouble. Kansas, I have winning this game, but losing in the Sweet 16 to now Providence, it was going to be Iowa for me, but I think if Providence can shoot good three ball, Kansas is going to have big trouble. So I was fairly wrong that they would dominate this game, but I was still right that Kansas was going to have some troubles later on, as they usually do in around the Sweet 16 time. So we'll see what happens with KU. Next is the Wisconsin and Iowa State game. I looked at this spread. I saw that Iowa State was a three-point underdog, and I said, if I didn't think they were so bad, I would normally take that spread. Because typically, I mean, Iowa should have been a seven to ten-point underdog. They are a terrible, terrible team. And I'm not trying to disrespect them, but I'm going to call a spade a spade. They're not a good team. They're lucky to have beaten this Wisconsin team. The sports books knew that Wisconsin had offensive deficiencies and that Iowa State has been playing this adrenaline rush defense that is scaring the hell out of offenses. For, whatever, for what reason, I have no idea. And when Wisconsin shoots 2 of 22, that's 9% from the three-point line, you're just not going to win games. You can't win a game like that. So that's why this is an extremely low-scoring game. Iowa State scores 21% from the three-point line, and this is the second time in a row they've scored less than 30%. So I, I, I just don't see Iowa State being good going down the road. You know, they, they out-hustle this Wisconsin team. And this Wisconsin team, I wasn't necessarily like convinced was all that good. But this Iowa State team, it's not that Iowa State is good which is exactly what I said about LSU, is that Wisconsin played bad. Just like LSU played bad. So I still, I will die saying that this Iowa State team is bad because they are. And I think when they play a really good consistent team, which they will in the next round, they will lose by double digits and they will be exposed as the frauds that got lucky. So that's my B-button take. And then finally, the lucky few. Which, there were games that I did accurately predict and and made fairly good analysis for. But starting off with this Gonzaga-Memphis game. I had Memphis, plus 9.5, easily covers. This game is very exciting. Now, full disclosure, I did not watch this game live. So, I was not in the, in the heat of it because I knew the score going into the end. And this game was very close throughout. Gonzaga... Got very lucky to edge edge Memphis out here towards the end. Drew Timmy made an amazing effort in the midcourt and had an amazing game uh, with a lot of rebounds there, 14 rebounds. So you know he kept Gonzaga in this game. But Memphis, if you look at if you look at the stats, dominates the paint for a lot of this game in the offensive side at least. 44 points in the paint. Now they shot four of 19 from the three point range. Four that's 21 percent. 
if Memphis stopped shooting the three-pointer earlier in that game and just continued to hammer the paint with the physicality that they have, they win this game. If they shoot, their free throws better. They miss six free throws out of 20. If they shoot a few more of those, they win this game. Gonzaga was not impressive. They showed weakness here. And that's exactly why I'm happy I had them winning this game. But I don't have them beating Arkansas in the next round because they have shown weaknesses. They did not do good on the offensive rebound end. They didn't do fantastic on defense in general. And they weren't shooting high percentages either. I mean, you know, Timmy comes out and increases that field goal percentage towards the end. But towards the first half, I mean, like shooting 30% from the three-point line and then getting 13 of 24 free throws? This is the second game in a row where they've had below 60% in their free throws. If you remember the last game where they played and almost lost to Georgia State, they shot 56% from the the free throws. So this Gonzaga team clearly has weaknesses and... And shooting is it? Sorry, I said 56%. 53%. They shot 16 of 30 in their first game for three free throws. So they can't shoot free throws, which means they can't rely on on you know driving the ball, getting the foul, and then shooting free throws for points. There's some weaknesses to this Gonzaga team that that can be taken advantage of. All right, the next game, I was right about New Mexico State. They weren't going to score more than 50 points against Arkansas. They didn't. This was quite easily one of the most boring games to watch just because it was so much back and forth of missed shots. Neither one of these teams shot well at all. Arkansas, which we've known is not a great shooting team from the start, but they shot extra horrible, I guess. 19% from the three-point line, 3 of 16, and then 28% for field goals. Really, really bad performance offensively for Arkansas. However, That's not going to matter against a team like New Mexico State, which in the first game shot 65% and played out of their minds from the three-point line. And then in this game shoots 23% from the three-point line and, you know, can't make those shots. Defensive-wise, though, and in the paint, Arkansas dominates 15 fast break points compared to New Mexico State's zero. So at the end of the day, the turnovers that New Mexico State had lost them. The lack of good shooting lost them. At the end, Arkansas comes out on top, wins in what is a bad game for them. So as long as they play well, they will continue on through this tournament. But if they play bad, they're no longer going to be able to beat teams like Gonzaga or, or Texas Tech, whoever they end up playing in the future. But they can get away with that against this New Mexico State team. All right, next one is uh, Texas Tech and Notre Dame. Texas Tech winning against Notre Dame. Now, they don't cover the spread here, but the reason that this is a lucky few take for me is that Notre Dame scores 53 points in this game. 53 points. And they have a fantastic offense. This just shows the eliteness of the Texas Tech defense that I've been highlighting this whole time. Texas Tech comes out on top, holds Paul Atkinson and Leshevsky to so few points. I mean, they only have seven offensive rebounds because their guys get boxed out very easy, and they only have 10 points in the paint. That means that they're forcing Notre Dame to shoot the three-point shot, and they only hit 32% of those, so Notre Dame isn't going to win the game. Now, Texas Tech did not have a good offensive performance here. They only scored 59. But Notre Dame had been consistently scoring above 75 points for a majority of, of the season. 
in the ACC tournament game where they lose against Virginia Tech, they score 80 points. They score uh, 89 points in the overtime game against Rutgers. They score 78 points against Alabama. This shows this Notre Dame has a fantastic offense. They have an NBA prospect in Blake Wesley. They have uh, fourth-year guys and grad students that have been fantastic on the offensive end. Leshevsky has been a great three-point shooter, and they've got Paul Atkinson in the paint. That was all stopped because because Texas Tech has such a good defense. If they don't shoot 27% from the three-point from the three-point line, this game is easily a double-digit win for for Texas Tech. And I think that's what you're going to see down the road. They're going to continue to perform well. This defense is elite. They play with such heart, with such intensity. The physicalness there just can't be matched. And that's what wins games in the tournament. All right, next, on to Duke. I had Duke winning minus six and a half. I thought that this was a fairly easy pick here. Michigan State, just not the team that they have been in the past. Duke also has a little bit of a revenge game here based on the loss to Zion, you know, when they beat Zion Williamson and that Duke team several years ago. Uh, Coach K needed this win for his for his career, really. I mean, after the embarrassing loss to UNC earlier in the season at home. So this is a big win for Duke and Duke fans across the country. Mark Williams has a fantastic game here. They get outshot by Michigan State. Michigan State shoots 50% from the three-point line and uh, does a really good job on their free throws, 92%. Whereas Duke gets 38% on their threes, 5 of 13, and then only 76% on their free throws. They get outshot skill-wise here, but it's that game in the paint where Mark Williams just dominates Michigan State, where they're getting multiple attempts. I mean, offensive rebounds, they're getting uh, a lot of uh, second chance points. Duke scores 44 points in the paint here. That's how much they're relying on guys like Mark Williams and relying on the drive from, you know, guys like uh, Banchero and all, all these other all these other great players that Duke has. But they show some weaknesses still. Defensive end, they're just not there. They don't have a good defense. In overall rebounds, they actually get out-rebounded fairly good. And that's not necessarily because Mark Williams is a, is a bad rebounder. It's more so that when you have two or three Michigan State guys who are able to hold him back as well as getting the ball and the rest of the defense isn't very good, they're able to get that 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 rebounding done easier. So if they can't solve that problem, they're not going to be able to beat a physical team like what Texas Tech has, who's their next opponent. But we were right on Duke beating Michigan State here. Next game, Arizona and TCU. I had TCU plus nine and a half. This was a fairly easy game to call. TCU way more physical than Arizona has been killing Giants left and right. I really thought at the end of this game, when there was a couple seconds left, all they had to do was drive the ball. I don't know why it's in the backcourt for several seconds. Arizona State able to quote unquote strip the ball. I think that's bullshit. There should have been a foul there against Arizona. There's a clear push to try and get a backcourt violation going. Uh, they could have at least called the backcourt violation. They didn't do that either. They let that thing run. And it's by very, very lucky ego that Arizona doesn't win in regulation when they let the guy dunk even though the ball didn't get out of his hand, so it goes to overtime. This game should have been over. TCU should have won this game. It is not a good game on the refing here at the end, but you know, Eddie Lumpkin, Lampkin comes in for a huge big man play. Score, so many offensive rebounds for TCU, uh, which really helped them stay in this game. They didn't have an impressive shooting night. They were 23% from the three-point line. Arizona, 18% from the three-point line. I think Arizona is weak, 
I've been saying this from the start. I don't think they're a contender for the championship. I did not think they were legit from the start. And this game really proved that. They didn't have really anything strong in their game except for their points in the paint, which they get from, you know, Coloco, who is their, you know, one of their top NBA prospects. And then Mothrin, you know, obviously is their best shooter. But those points in the paint where they're able to just get free, you know, free lanes and uh, TCU's defense kind of just didn't hold in certain places, that's what wins Arizona in this game. I don't think you see that with a team like Houston, who Arkansas is playing next. I think they get destroyed in this next game. Arizona is not for real. And they saw that, we saw that fairly clearly when TCU just played physical ball and almost beat them. So... I was right there, uh, thread the needle, have Arizona winning, but TCU covering the spread. And then finally, the game I've been waiting to talk about, the di- the game of domination. The Miami Hurricanes are going to the Sweet 16. And as I said before, Auburn, absolute frauds. This game was not even close. Miami has been dominating. I've been telling the world that the ACC has been legit. Miami should have been ranked. Notre Dame should have been ranked. UNC should have been ranked during the season. The ACC has performed and outperformed every single year people think that they're down. Miami just dominated both sides of the ball. Didn't even shoot impressively from the three-point line again. If you remember, in their last game, they shot 7% from the three-point. In this game, they shoot 3 of 15. That's 20%. But that's not what wins this, this them this game. They win this game because of just pure physicalness, defensive plays, where they make they force 13 turnovers against Auburn. They have 10 steals and 48 points in the paint. That is what wins games in the tournament. And that's why they've been so dominant. 30 points on fast breaks is insane. So the U just wins this entire game. I mean, it's not even close. There was a point where, you know, Auburn started to come back a little bit. It gets a little close at the half. But but Miami dominates this entire game. And even though I said Auburn might probably win this game, I had Miami plus seven and a half as the easiest best bet for this weekend. And they they pulled through and they're going to win in their next game too against Iowa State. This team is dominating. I mean, Jim Laranaga is going back to the George Mason days. They are very, very consistent. This team is a team of destiny. And I have no idea what's to expect from this team going forward. But what I do know is if the U can play like they did against Auburn in that game, when you have big guys like Walker Kessler in the paint to contest, and you're still dominating those guys, I don't know what team could beat Miami. They look fantastic on both ends of the ball, offensively in the paint, not as much from the three-point line, but offensively in the paint, as well as driving the ball, Juan is fantastic, and I, I just could not be happier. Charlie Moore did a great job. Nine rebounds from him. This game was just an absolute bloodbath. And I love seeing Auburn lose here. Obviously, I'm a UNC guy, so Walker Kessler, fuck you for transferring. But this game is not even close. This proves the SEC were frauds. The ACC was never gone. They've always been back. It was always the ACC. Gotta love to see it. Okay, last quick two lucky few takes. We'll start off with Purdue 
in a big win against Texas, 81-71. I had Purdue very big here. They have shown they are real. They're one of the few Big Ten teams that is surviving. Big Ten obviously disappointing, uh, except for Michigan and Purdue. Um, but Texas played a really tough game here. This game is very close the entire way through. Really thought that Texas was going to win, but in the end, Purdue goes on a huge run. Marcus Carr has a really good game with 23 points for Texas, but this game, it's about Travion Williams. It's about Jaden Ivey hitting a walk-off three-pointer that just shocked the world. If you didn't watch this game, go back and watch the Purdue at the end three-pointer that Jaden Ivey has that just shuts up the entire Texas bench. I mean, it is an absolute closer of a shot. And that just shows this Purdue team is extremely talented. They shoot 35% from the three-point line, which, you know, honestly, their percentages of Duke and, and, or sorry, of Texas and Purdue are extremely similar here. Where Texas lacks is in their free throws. They shoot 58% there, not the best. Their rebounds, they get out-rebounded defensively a lot. Their offensive rebounds look decent, but... That's not going to win them the game. They're about even in the paint control. I mean, at the end of the day, it's just these clutch shots that end up winning the game. The momentum shifts, and if you can't get those rebounds, it, it, you're just not going to be able to, to win. So Texas loses in a close game, but not so close. Purdue kind of pulls this out at the end, goes on a big run, and wins by 10. So really good to see Purdue in there. I have Purdue making the final four. I'm feeling good about those odds. They've got a fairly easy easy matchup next, which we'll get to. But I love, love, love uh, seeing that Purdue's doing well. And then also UCLA winning uh, 72 to 56. I had UCLA winning this. Their defense showing up. I thought St. Mary's caught lightning in a bottle against Indiana. I had UCLA minus three and a half all day long. And UCLA showing that offensive capability once again. They haven't been great on the offensive side. They still weren't fantastic this game but you know they really dominated in the paint and showed that they, their defense can make a good offense so a lot of turnovers and then points on those turnovers so good to see UCLA's back and had them winning against St. Mary's pretty easy all right so this episode has been a little bit longer than normal but we're going to get into first off my record this past weekend is the first time I went below 500 if you count both Saturday and Sunday just in the high 40 percentage range. But we will be back for the Sweet 16 and still doing well in the overall tournament because of the 67% and the 79% on the first few days, which have more games, obviously. Really like this board. I don't, no, no, no. I don't like the board for the Sweet 16. I love this board. These games are slam dunks. I love the spreads here. We're going to talk about all of those games as well as the champion check-in to see which teams are still left and viable to win the whole thing. So let's start off with the UCLA-North Carolina game. UCLA favored here by two. I think this line makes sense. UCLA's defense is very good. They have a good perimeter defense. I'm going to go with, with my North Carolina Tar Heels. I think they have found something. And offensively, they're almost unstoppable when you can have you know guys like RJ Davis shooting three-pointers from the logo. No defense can solve that. I don't think they can have an answer to Armando Baycott as well as Brady Manick. Having both of those guys be a threat in the paint is going to be tough for UCLA, which is kind of a smaller team to match. I think that North Carolina wins this game outright. I think that they get themselves into the Elite Eight, shock the world. I think UCLA's run ends here. Uh, take UNC money line. 
Next game, Purdue and St. Peter's. It's been a fun run for St. Peter's. You know, you love to see Doug and the team do well, but they haven't faced any real competition outside of, obviously, the Kentucky overtime win. But I don't even think that they've been a real team from the start. Purdue is a real team. They've proven that they're legit. The win against Texas shows that St. Peter's is going to have a really hard time. Purdue's favored here by 12 and a half. I have Purdue winning by at least 20. Purdue dominates this game. I think that St. Peter's, the reason they won their first two was because of domination in the paint. But Purdue has both Williams and uh, Zach Eady. Both of those guys are going to be very difficult for the St. Peter's team to to come come over. Uh, so I, I think that Purdue wins here and covers the spread. Next game, Gonzaga and Arkansas. In my bracket, I have this exact matchup happening, and I have Arkansas winning it. Gonzaga is favored by 8.5. If you're not confident enough to take the money line on Arkansas, definitely take the spread. Arkansas has an elite defense, and that will control Gonzaga, who has not shot all that well. And if there's extra pressure on them, they're going to choke. I see this game being a, uh, you know, a game with 60 points each and getting very down to the wire. I don't think Gonzaga has the ability to handle this. In terms of pace, I think that Arkansas is a little bit slower and is going to force that slower game for Gonzaga, and I don't know how their players are going to handle that. Arkansas has proven that they can hang with these big teams. Have they had an impressive tournament so far? No. They you know, obviously had a close one with Vermont, and they had a close one with New Mexico State. However, those teams were riding very high highs when they went up against Arkansas. This Gonzaga team is, is shaky. They're very nervous. They almost lost to Memphis. So I think Arkansas is going to come out strong here. I think people are, are doubting them because of the competition that they've played. But Arkansas has been fairly close to teams all year. All of their losses, very close. So I'm going to give Arkansas the benefit of the doubt. Definitely take the plus eight and a half. I'm going to take Moneyline. I think Arkansas wins this outright. If they, ha- I think that they're going to have a shooting game where they get lucky and you know at least shoot 40, 50% from the three-point line. If they can get that, get that groove going, they win this game. So I'm taking Arkansas here. I just don't think Gonzaga is real. And a lot of brackets are going to get busted this week. Next game, Duke and Texas Tech. Texas Tech favored by one. And that line tells you everything. In, in a normal world, Duke here would be favored, especially after a nine-point win against Michigan State. Obviously, the bookies and, and the sports books have seen this Texas Tech favoring as kind of a, a, a way for you to bet Duke. People want you to bet Duke, right? It's the final season. Coach K is on his farewell tour. He's kissing babies. He's you know trying to make the the you know the tournament championship to give Duke their one last push before he retires. None of that's happening. Dreams will be crushed. Texas Tech is going to use their elite defense on Duke. Duke doesn't have a good defense. Texas Tech rolls. They kill it in the paint. They outplay Duke. They're more physical. This game is going to be a complete blowout. Texas Tech wins this game double digits. They're going to make it into the Elite Eight, and then they're probably going to make it into the Final Four, too. I love Texas Tech here, minus one. Also, fuck Duke. All right, next, Arizona and Houston. This game is interesting. Arizona is favored by two here. I, It's a close line. 
But after Houston and Arizona's performances, I would expect Houston to at least be favored if I were to be more confident in this pick. I am going to take Houston, money line, against Arizona. I think that they can win. I don't think Arizona is real. But I'm a little nervous about this pick because I would expect if I really thought it was a rat line, then I think Houston would be favored in the game, just given that they've dominated teams left and right. But I think that they've found something. I don't think Arizona's real. I don't know if they're going to be able to play against a physical team like Houston. And Houston has better shooting than TCU. Honestly, that, that's going to be the answer. Can Houston shoot? If Houston can shoot, they win this game. And I do think they do. So they'll shoot. They'll win. Take Houston money line for the upset. Arizona brackets are all going to get busted. Everyone's going to have, if, if you play like the max points on ESPN, your max points are going to be like 500, 600, because you probably took chalk, you took Auburn and Kentucky, you know, you took uh, uh, Iowa, like myself. I think Houston wins this pretty easy. Next one, Villanova and Michigan. Villanova favored by five. I think this line makes sense. I think Michigan blows it. I'm going to take Villanova minus five here. I have them winning this in my bracket and then losing to uh, what was supposed to be Tennessee, but it's okay. I think Villanova wins this game and wins it convincingly. I don't think Michigan can hold up the performance that they've been making, but I I can see Michigan winning this game. I'm not fairly confident on this game. Uh, I wouldn't bet it personally, but if I had to make a pick, I'm going to take Villanova just because they have been playing with consistency, and I don't think Michigan is consistent enough to win a game like this, even though they had a very good performance against Tennessee. I don't think they can repeat that. They've been very wish-washy the entire season, and I'm just not that confident in them. All right, next game, Kansas and Providence. Kansas favored by 7.5. I'm done. Third time's a charm. I'm going to take Providence here, plus 7.5. I'm not saying they're going to win, but I definitely think they'll keep it close. Their defense is fantastic. They're a physical team. They're a team of destiny, and Kansas has shown weaknesses. I'm going to take Providence plus seven and a half. I don't love it, and everything in my mind says take Kansas minus seven and a half. However, I'm going to take Providence because they've been disrespected the entire entire year, and they deserve at least one pick in their favor from me. And then finally, the U versus Ohio State, or sorry, Iowa State. This game it's not even close. The U, double digits. It's all about the U. Miami only favored by two and a half here, which I think is, again, surprising. And I, you know, I get reminiscent feelings of this Wisconsin-Iowa state line where Wisconsin was favored by, by three points. I actually think Miami's legit and are consistent. They will beat this Iowa state team. It's, it's done. Iowa state's run is done. The ACC is dominant. They are going to to show that dominance. Miami wins this game. And that's it for the I don't know shit picks. Hopefully your bracket's somewhat alive and that you didn't make some of the same mistakes I did. Or if you did make the same picks as me, then you have Texas Tech and Purdue making the final four, which would be great for your bracket and probably better than 90% of brackets out there. I'm now looking at the odds for every team to win the national championship. St. Peter's coming in at a hot plus 15,000. So if you wanted to bet $100 and potentially earn 15,000, there, there's your sleeper pick. But I'm looking at these, still loving the value on a lot of teams. Gonzaga and Arizona still at the top. Gonzaga plus 225, Arizona plus 500. Again, I think those are both terrible picks. Neither one of those teams is going to win at all. Kansas, who I've been saying for a while, if you got them at 
plus 1100 in my first podcast. They are now at plus 500 odds, and I still think Kansas can win if they can get past Providence and show that they can play some good defense and play against a physical team. I think that they have a good shot. Houston, I don't hate at plus 800. I probably wouldn't go for them. I'd rather see a Purdue or Texas Tech. Purdue at plus 900 and Texas Tech at plus 1200. Texas Tech, if you heard it in my first uh, podcast, I took them at plus 2500. And so they've have that. And Purdue at plus 900, I think, is looking better by the day after that win with Texas. And then the final pick, a homer pick, yes, but a pick nonetheless, North Carolina at plus 2500. If they shoot like they have been, they will be unstoppable. So those are going to be uh, my four picks for who can actually win the entire tournament. I don't like the the top two, Gonzaga and Arizona. I don't necessarily love Houston. I definitely don't like Duke at plus 1,400. I think they're going to have tr- trouble. I don't like Villanova at plus 1,400. Um, and I don't think UCLA has the offense at to win it, and they're also at plus 1,400. The rest of the teams, I don't think, have a close shot at it. Even my beloved uh, Miami Hurricanes, I say that. They're not even my team. But I don't think they have a shot, even though they're third from the bottom at plus 7,500. I would say that that's definitely value. But they're also going up against Iowa State, and then we'll have to go up against a, a real team after that. So at the end of the day, Kansas, Texas Tech, Purdue, UNC, those are going to be the ones I think have the best shot winning it all and that's it for today's episode i'll be back on friday evening or saturday morning to give you the elite eight picks and go over the sweet 16 analysis best of luck with your brackets and teams i'll see you then